Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Apocalypse. I've been experiencing this for the past couple weeks, so I understand fully. <laughs> Have you seen uh, a lot of Apocalypse movies, movies that talk about the the end of the world and what happens after the end of the I world. I have. I've seen quite a few of those. That's a popular uh, a popular subject. Yeah. Why do you think that that is? Uh, why do you think that's sort of taken over the zeitgeist, if you will, here recently? You know, in the old days, I like th- this was a it was one of those. Uh, this is a warning type things. Mm-hmm. Like this could happen if you don't. That was a popular theme in a lot of the fifties and sixties films. Like this is what's going to happen uh, if you don't screw if you stop screwing around. Even stuff like your uh, Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, or Last Man on Earth, or whatever. Uh, more recently, I just think it's a, a popular subject matter, and it's and it's an easy uh, it's an easy gimmick to throw in a film. It is, an you know. Easy oh, gimmick. look, this it's a Mad Max world, or you're the last guy on Earth, or uh, you know, some kind of crap like that. And they just put put some stuff together. I don't know if you watched that show, The Last Man on Earth, but it was sort of a similar thing, you know. Or we've talked about. Was this, this? Is it like the Will Smith movie where uh-huh, he was the no, last man no, on Earth? We're never going to talk about okay. that again. That was that was horrible. No, I'm talking. This is well. This show was horrible too. Plus, the last man on Earth ended up there was a cast like 20 people. So clearly, he wasn't the last man. Then, of course, we've talked about the Quiet Earth before. It's another uh, one of these last last man on Earth uh, movies, which was uh, that was probably one of the better ones. So you know, or, or uh, uh, the Stephen King, The Stands, and stuff like that was a big. You know, it's just a common popular thing. I mean, do, do you like those? Is that your thing? You know, when I saw The Stand, uh, I never read the book The Stand, but I remember the TV movie. Do you remember that it was like it was oh, a mini yeah. series? Yeah, oh, I had Molly Ringwald in it. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I thought, hated it. <laughs> I I thought that that was neat, and I was like, cool. It's like a show to see what would happen if the world ended. And then it just seems like every other story is kind of like that story. There's always a small band of good guys and a band of bad guys, and they're battling it out. Yeah. And so I, I'm sort of over it, but I'll tell you who's not over it: middle school students. Oh yeah. Because every book they bring in, it's either uh, it's either some sort of like there's a there's a the, there's a book about cat people that's yeah. very popular these days. Cat people. Everything eh? else is like the Grid Runner, the Maze Dancer. They're all post-apocalyptic. The Hunger Games. It's all that sort of thing. Yeah, that was a post-apocalyptic. That was just like the Earth. I mean, we took a downturn. That was, but it wasn't post-apocalyptic. There's still society in the United States. That's you know? true. That's true. You know, I saw a movie a couple of years ago called, called "This Is the End." I think that's what it was called, and it had. Uh, was it about Jim Morrison? No, it was about. It had the guys from. You ever seen Pineapple Express? Oh yeah, no. I saw the other thing. Oh, you had those guys in yeah. it. That bunch of guys. Wait a minute. Was the Pineapple Express, was that the one about the movie? They were trying to make the movie? No, this was okay. about some guys that sold drugs. Right. What's the movie uh, I'm thinking about? I have not, you're, you're thinking of that one with Eddie Murphy. I don't know the name of Bowfinger? it. Bowfinger? Bowfinger. No, that's, that's not what, what I'm thinking to, about. Well, well, all you told me was they try to make a movie. <laughs> this, is, this is set in the jungle. Oh, you're thinking, yeah, that's the one that had old, uh, that, that was a good flick, yeah, actually. Yeah, I, I love that, that movie. That's not that. I wish it was that movie. Uh, no, this was, this was, but this was pretty funny. I don't think you would like it, because it's, it's sort of a body humor, mm. you know, but I did enjoy that one. So I, I'd say that was one of my fa- more favorite apocalyptic movies. At least that one, the whole world did end. That was kind of cool. Yeah. And at the end, the guys who uh, went to heaven, who could. Oh, that's good. And, or didn't go there. I like a good happy ending. Yeah. yeah I, what? I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> So, Aaron, um, it's been a rough week for Ole. Well, it's been a busy week. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I know that you, you've, you've beat yourself up, in my opinion, unnecessarily for our, our YouTube uh, live ban. I don't think you need to feel bad about it. And I've, 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 I come bearing gifts okay. to brighten your day. Oh, Aaron. okay, good. So, here you go. Okay, do not, please do not bend. So just, just bend it up. How do you do? I just rip it open? Just rip it open. Okay. Oh, okay. I know what this is. Thank you, Boat. If I can get it out of here, this is the. Uh, I, I've, in fact, you sort of mentioned this. You vaguely pointed out this is the uh, Retro Man Cave calendar. Look at that. This is uh, for charity. Look right mm-hmm. there on the back, charity. And I look right there on the front. This is timely because 
just sitting on my desk is a, a very similar scene with the Amiga 1000. That's that's really nice. Thank you, Bo. Oh, so have welcome. you looked through this thing yet? I I, I just saw some pictures online, but uh, it's got some beautiful photography. And this this benefits Bluebell Wood, which is a children's hospice in in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, if you'd like to pick one of these up, and you're watching or listening right now, head on over to uh, to Etsy and just search for Retro Man Cave on there. And uh, you can order one of these, and uh, like Aaron said, all all the all the proceeds go to uh, Bluebell Wood Children's Hospice. The, the new, new brain, brain. I, c I could use that desperately. <laughs> got the links in here. I mean, this is all. Look at that. Yeah, I think here. he's going to be doing one of these uh, every year. I think, um, and uh, I'm going to try and uh, and submit a photograph. I did not have time to. Uh, to properly outlay my things, but I figure with with my collection, yeah. I, sh I should be able to put together a, a halfway decent looking picture. You know, I, uh, this is a real. I really like this. It's a nice quality thing here. I like there's an Atari on the beach. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Washed up, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, there it is. There's the uh, the, the uh, one thousand. Oh, I also there's a guy on the Facebook Amiga Facebook group does calendars too. And I, I've been getting. I've got a couple of his mm -hmm. too that are real nice. It's nice. I like these kind of retro computer-inspired counters. This will go nicely into the arcade. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Brighten my, brighten my week. And thanks to the retro man. You did a good job. Nice work here. Let's talk about what's been going on over at EverythingAmiga.com, Aaron. Uh, this is normally your segment, uh, and you are going to talk about DK and what he's been up to, but this, uh, this, this particular article touched my heart and my soul. Uh -huh. uh, a great many months ago, um, we uh, sent our Amiga 600, PAL Amiga 600, away up to the wilds of the north. Yeah. Canada, Aaron. Canada. Hoser country. That's right. We sent it up to our boy, Jason Warnes. <laughs> you got to call him our boy. <laughs> How about our comrade, our, 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 our bu good buddy? That's what north. I mean. That's what I mean. So, um, he, uh, there were, there were, of course, the, this 600 had sort of been through uh, multiple repair attempts and uh, well, had, had some things that needed to be done to it. And one of the things that Jason did was he actually replaced the um, kind of, what it, does this have a nickname, the power plug? I always, it reminds me of a die, like the, a five on a The devil on a, plug. Yeah. Just because they were so hard to get for the longest time. Right. Uh, he's replaced that with a more standard uh, square power socket. And uh, if you have a spare Amiga around and you are interested in doing something similar, he basically takes you through all of the steps uh, to do this. And you might be asking yourself, self, why would I want to do this? Uh, why would, you know, now that these, uh, these uh, five-shaped uh, pin uh, power supplies are more readily available, the answer, my friend, is cost. Uh, you are able to get one of these standard power supply connectors to your door for like two bucks shipped from China which is a far cry for what they're asking for one of these more specialized connectors. Now I know that in the Amiga community there is a desire to keep as many things all natural as possible. Mm. But if you're interested in connecting one of these bad boys to a more standardized power supply, for example, if you have an old AT-XT power supply laying around, or if you'd like to connect a Pico PSU to this bad boy, this is a way to do that. So uh, if you're at all interested, go on over to everythingamiga.com and this article should pop up right on the front page. And if it's not, <coughs> click on the Labs tab and you can read uh, Jason's whole uh, whole take on this thing. You know, there's 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 multiple reasons to think about this. Now, you, you know, because it's, yes, I agree, keeping your Amiga pure and, and all this whatnot, I, I, I give, I'll give you that. But there's two big reasons I can think of. One. Uh, these square uh, power plugs were very rare until recently mm -hmm. when they've started being man manufactured again. And who knows how long that's going to last. And uh, we're, then you're back to square one, whereas the power supply plug that Jason has put in is a standard. You can buy these things will be made till for now to doomsday. It fits perfectly. And you'll really never know the difference unless you look hard. And you, even if you, I mean, you really can't see any difference if it's round to the square. It allows you to use a multitude of alternative power supplies, and if you're like me, I, I'm still. Of course, I've got the uh, Boat Special mm -hmm. powering my main Amiga. Just for I don't know why, because I've got normal Amiga power supplies, but I've just <laughs> used that one because it amuses me to have a big box. It's a shoebox. Uh, but uh, another thing about it is, is that if you're using some of these old square power supplies, they're they're aging rapidly, and these things can can off your machine quick. True. Uh, if they if they go south, and so if you can. If you uh, don't have the means to go grab you, because let's face facts, you can't go out and buy a brand new Amiga power supply with the, all the just like it was. They're they're old, 
this gives you the alternative of actually going out and buying yourself a brand new smaller probably more energy efficient and probably way more safe power supply to hook in so it's a it's a good idea uh, the peak is like i said i've heard people have had uh, are real fond of these and have a good have had a lot of success with us that's an interesting way to go uh, and the Amiga really doesn't take that much power, so you can get away with something smaller. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a real clever idea. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what has Dreamcatcher been up to this week, Aaron? Dreamcatcher's got an article up this week entitled "Just Call My Name and Oil Be There." Mm. And you, Just look over your shoulder. He honey. is the pun master. He is. He is the pun master. Oh, I recognize this screenshot right away. <laughs> that, that is. A, Hideous top banana screenshot. Thankfully, he's not talking about top banana. <laughs> he's taking a look at a game called Bio Challenge. Have you mm. ever heard of this one, Bo? Mm -mm. Uh, uh, I think it's made by one of Delphine's like sub companies. And I have to say, I've not played this one before. I looked over this article. Uh, it's very strange game. Uh, it, it's basically a time wasting game. And you, it's uh, it's hard to explain. You, I just check out the article. Uh, I, I looked at this the other day, and it's once again. If I had a nickel for one of these articles about of a game I've never heard of, that I think I got to try this. And if, sometimes they we even get into them. So, and I have this one. I have a fuck. We might come across it at some point in the future. But this is from Delphine Software, uh, and so you know it's uh, probably halfway decent. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you this one also appeared on the Atari ST, so if you feel like trying a Bio Challenge and you've got an Atari, you could hop in there and grab it. So good stuff as usual from the DK. Awesome, awesome, Aaron. It's been a busy work week, and there's only one transportation vessel that can take us to the world of Mia News. It's the Gamble Train. Here it comes, rolling down the track. I've incorporated the Gamble Train into the Amiga News. Oh, logo. thank God! Yeah, that way you'll never be without. Thank you. Oh boy. <laughs> this week, Aaron, uh, we're going to start off with a oh. uh, melancholy happy trails. Oh, this was devastating. Yeah. It's another another bad point in my week, right here. Yeah, uh, Amiga Rama has decided after uh, over 100 episodes that he is going to take a break from uh, the show. Uh, he is uh, closing mm. up shop for the time being. Uh, if you are at all involved in the Amiga scene, you'll know that uh, Amiga Rama is uh, one of the great weekly podcasts out there covering a different game each week from the, uh, I believe he's Scottish, correct? Uh, I, I, you know, I think Lefarius is Scottish. Uh, and uh, I, I got always, a great voice. Yeah, he's got a great voice, and mm. I always enjoyed listening to his shows where he covered the same game that we did, just to get a different take on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So. Uh, Lafarius is a, is a real great guy. He's a nice guy. It's funny. We just talked about his hundredth episode a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and a little did I know that he and it, it just it's just the, this the uh, and trust me, uh, I I can understand especially this week uh, that uh, real life tends to get in the way of your of your fun time. And uh, uh, sometimes you just have to uh, make the make the uh, make the break, and and that's what he had to do. So I will miss Lafarge, and I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping he'll come back at some point. At the bare minimum, I'd love for him to come by and, and visit us sometime, or join up with us in the show at least once, and uh, or maybe at least do some specials or mm -hmm. something. So because I mean, he's and he's very very popular, and his show. Uh, Amiga Rama has really has really taken off in the last uh, in the last couple months. I mean, mm -hmm. he, you know, he's a real he's become a real big player. So we'll we'll be sad to see Laura Farias. But I made sure to tell him that uh, we would expect him to stay around the community. And he's right, the show right. And I'm glad he's still sticking around the old. Discord, yeah, he's a real good so. guy too. Okay, Aaron. Next up, this was a video that I actually wanted to cover last week, but I forgot. I forgot to add it in. This is a Stephen Jones of um, Checkmate 1500 fame. Uh, and he's giving basically his thoughts on um, the Amiga 34 show over in Germany. Yeah. Uh, his thoughts on the future of Amiga as a platform, and also his his next plans for what he wants to do with his his own products. I, I watched this. I watched this whole thing myself uh, uh, a couple of days after it came out. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, Stephen is uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a, a very uh, he's he's blunt and he's he's uh, he's you can tell he's a real super nice guy. He yeah, and he's very it. passionate yeah. about the Amiga. Um, I, to me, if it were up to me, I would kick out. I'd kick to the curb everybody and all the top brass at Cloanto and Hyperion, and I would put Stephen Jones in, well, in charge of everybody. He has been sort of the arbiter or the peacemaker to a certain degree. And he, if you'll recall, he was the fellow that interviewed the guy from Cloanto, your buddy, mm -hmm. Mike, that mm -hmm. you met over there, and. Uh, 
was a it was a real it was a nice interview. Like I said, I, at the time I was like, you know, I wish he'd thrown some harder questions at this guy, but um, he is he is involved in a in some degree to these with the talks between Iperion and Clemente. And I mean, as a, as an outlier, he's not I, you know, but uh, it's the fact that there are talks, the fact that the lawsuit's been postponed for a while until they can hopefully iron out their differences. Amiga 34 was a, uh, this could be a watershed moment. This could be one of those uh, points that we look back on if these guys can get it together because, I mean, surely they realize now that despite their best efforts, there's a market out there and a, and money to be made, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, expansion to happen. You know, it's there. And if uh, everyone can get together, uh, if we could get together as a community, I mean, everyone chill out, get together. I mean, you've got something, and mm-hmm. you've got something. That people laugh. They're blah blah. Amiga, it's been dead for all these years. I mean, you've got a. There's enough people to start a force. You, you know, know a, a moving forward. A wise man once said, "I've got the bronze. You've got the brains. Let's make lots of money." Yeah, I agree. I Love think that, that uh, you know, Hyperion's got the hardware. Cloanto's got the software. They just need to get together and they say, how, how can we serve our community in a way that makes them want to give us money instead of strong-arming our community into either guilting them or threatening them into making giving us money? And I think something that doesn't get talked about much, but the, the uh, their continual infighting and stuff. And listen, everyone's got reasons to not like both of them. They, they're, what are you going to do? They, everyone, they, everyone does this story. They do stuff you like, they don't but that is a, a, devi- a, a divisive issue amongst the community. And, and I, the funny thing about the Amiga community is you can say what you want about them. Sometimes some of these people are jerks or impatient or, or, or they don't like someone else's the way they do stuff. They don't like vampire, whatever. But they are passionate about their, their hobby. And if you get all that passion and we could all aim it in one direction, you got something. You got something. You, know? you got something. And I, I knew that you would love the end of Steven's video because it's a, it's a final plea for peace in the community. Uh, he plays a clip from what? Babylon 5. And I, of course, instantly commented on, on that he did. The, he made the right call because Babylon 5, this was, a, a, this was a sort of an underlying plot element to the entire series about trying to unite these, all these different races and aliens. And uh, that's effectively what he was trying. To, the point he was trying to get across here is that it can be done. Mm-hmm. So great, I love that. I love the ending. Good video. Yeah, you know yeah, that. Yeah, I've never, like I said, I've never been more fired up about uh, the Amiga from a community perspective as I am. Because I mean, you got to think when uh, the whole time, well, especially me, and you, you've only been around for the last five or six years. But the whole time I've been around with the Amiga, there I had no community at all because there was no one around here had one, and then. Later on, there was some internet community, and then sometimes it gets splintered. But I would, I would like a big, rabid community. You know, like a like a like the Atari guys are pretty much they're a much more unified community. I like to get a community like where everyone's together. Mm-hmm. And unlike the Atari guys, when we've got a we've got a path forward here. That can, well, I, I think I, I think you've already got what you want. It's called the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord channel. Is that what? It, well, yeah, That's you're right. It it, that, I will say that is a blessing. Yeah. I, uh, that does help. All right, Aaron. We're going on. All right, go. Moving okay. on. This comes to us from our, our friend Amiga Love. Okay? So this is, we're going to make another, this a another lot great, Another great forum. So um, this is just a little tribute that he put out on Facebook. Uh, he said, uh, back in 2017, he learned of some amazing software for the Amiga 1000 called Kickwork. Yeah. Created in 1988. Had you heard of Kickwork before? I've actually been looking into Kickwork with the 1000 I have now. Uh, that was something I was looking into. And, and the reason I was looking into it was strictly because I read about this. I read his, or watched his video on it, Amiga's video on it. I'd not heard of it up to that point. Yeah. This was this was a piece of software published by Amigo Business Computers. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's our cut? Yeah, exactly. This is an awesome thing. It combines Kickstart and Workbench into a single disc. Yeah. Why did they not think of this before? This is, this is it truly took some, incredible. It took someone of some genius to come up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. You know. uh, unfortunately, uh, Amiga Love received a message that uh, the creator of the software, uh, Mr. Rudolph Lowe, uh, sadly passed away uh, recently. And uh, Amiga Love just put out a little post about how nice uh, Rudolph had been to him. And uh, and the, you know the video that, that he'd made about it, and so just a, another another melancholy happy trails, if you were to to Rudolph Lowe, a truly genius uh, programmer in the Amiga community, could do something that not even the engineers at Amiga could do. 
uh, incredible, incredible. It's funny that uh, uh, I, if you watch Amiga Loves Video, this software is not free. And uh, um, of course, uh, it came out in 88. It's for the Amiga 1000, but it's funny when he contacted uh, Mr. Lowe, uh, sure enough, he sent in his thirty dollars or whatever, and 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 he shipped out. Uh, he shipped out Kickworks to to Amiga Love, and I just thought to myself, how many orders uh, over the past say decade has this guy received, if any? Now, I thought it was neat that he had this stuff staying in the but he was yeah. still ready to make a deal. Yeah. So yeah, that sucks. Uh, um, but uh, hey, he'll he'll be remembered for his very neat. And these things are. I mean, he's still in demand. I don't know if there, if there's still going to be an avenue to buy it after this. Mm -hmm. We'll have to see. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, going back to Amiga Germany 34, this is a full show report by none other than Ravi Abbott, who was live on yep. the scene this for is, the duration of the event. This is great, because one thing Ravi does is, and I love this, he goes around all over and shows you just like what it's like to walk through. Look how good he looks. I mean, look how well, everybody's cameras are so much better than ours. He's a damn handsome man. That That's the problem. That the cameras, hurt. it's not the camera's fault, <laughs> Okay, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Him and Dan are good looking, attractive man. All these guys are good looking, even Paul. But, you know, what you can do, camera can't, it's not a magic camera. That's true. We That's need, true. what is that stuff they use to make singers sound better? Auto-tune? We need the video version of that. <laughs> Do they make something like that? That's what we need. Auto-attractive. Auto-attractive, that's right. <laughs> so Ravi uh, basically takes you on a walking tour through all of the exhibits. Uh, he talks to various people. He tells you about uh -huh. all of the different uh, you know, hardware examples that were going on here. Yeah. Just incredible, incredible stuff going on. Yeah, Oktoberfest. Yeah, the Oktoberfest event that was in the basement uh, afterwards. I think this is just at a, at a random place. Um, anyway, check this video out. It is about 20 minutes long, and it is well worth watching the whole thing. Yeah, um, it's great. It's, it's If you couldn't make it, this is the closest thing that you can get to getting there. Now, this this made me sad that I didn't get to go. <laughs> I knew, you know, this is one of those that you know it's going to be a huge deal. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, man, let's just see what goes down. And, and, after, and him walk. I mean, this is not some kind of little rinky-dink festival. This is a big deal. This is probably With, the biggest festival only about the Amiga in the entire world. This is a show where the, they were people. He showed at the beginning. They were lined up blocks down the road right. ready to get in. Right. Know, hundreds of people. So, I mean, it was a, you know, the Amiga is certainly strong with the Germans and the Europeans. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Coming up next, there is a new, it had been too long since we talked about a new Kickstarter for the Amiga. Yeah. And uh, Amiga Love turned me on to this. This is a new, uh, a new mechanical keyboard replacement for the Amiga 500. Ooh, how fancy. Okay, so I know mechanical keyboards are kind of all the rage these days. It is. It's funny how it's came back around. Yeah, right? yeah. I know your brother, he's a big mechanical keyboard guy. I'm your typical cheap keyboard, non-mechanical. I don't know. Yeah. I just got your normal Man, I get love up. mine. I like, and what I like to do is turn on the beeps mm -hmm. and get it really going. Just Clicks, <laughs> beeps. Man, I love it. No one in your family can, can, can sleep or otherwise operate when the you're key, using the computer. The keyboard I use on my PC is ancient. Mm -hmm. It's an ancient keyboard. But so I mean, you could pick it up and just, you could drive a stake into the ground It's with an it. AT&T branded Model M. That's right. Is, yeah. Oh man, I got this from my good buddy, a non-evil Matt, mm. sent that over. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this thing is, uh, it's an early bird special. $69 for one, for one set. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, it seems almost too good to be true. It's a, a, a choice and this, this is insane. I almost, I can't believe that this is true. 69 bucks for a new PCB, your choice of mechanical switches and a new set of keycaps. Mm. That's a darn good deal. That's a darn good deal. Yeah, that's not bad. Is yeah, it? so uh, my, I, one, my my uh, twelve hundred could use a new keyboard like that. That would be nice. Yeah, uh, I was looking for. Oh, here it is. Here is the link. Let's see if they've got. It looks like that they are quite far away from their goal. Oof, their goal forty seven grand. Yeah, it's early days. Yeah, yeah. They've still got uh thirty eight days to go with forty six backers. So um you know if you uh, are in the market for something like this, uh, definitely check that out. That's you know what what that tells me is that the in because I mean it's not like these guys are like we're gonna make a bundle. That tells me that the entry to this is is, yeah. is steep. Yeah, they're the, gonna need a lot of orders mm -hmm. to go in there and bulk the manufacturing make these. costs. Yeah, you know I was noticed that Curtis and Chad just mentioned that there's also a mechanical keyboard replacement for the Coco Three that's just that's coming around too. So that you're right, that is all the rage. Mm -hmm. It's mechanical keyboard mania. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got one more story this week, Aaron, uh, and it's Ravi again. 
He's everywhere, man. <laughs> He's everywhere. He's everywhere. The 8-Bit Mix. This is, he was over, this is the, he calls it the Eurodance special. And he's back in his room mixing up some good tunes. Now, I follow Ravi on Facebook, and he's playing all over the place. He was over in Sheffield playing. There was a guy dressed up like a Daft Punk guy, and he was dancing around while Ravi was spinning. Or not really spinning, because you're not spinning anything. Spinning the hard drive, I guess. He's got his tea. He's ready to go. So if you're looking for another good set of tunes mixed off an Amiga, make sure you follow Retro Ravi. Or on, actually, it's just Ravi Abbott. Retro Ravi must be his uh, his other screen name. Just Ravi Abbott on YouTube. You know, I do have one slight issue with this. Okay. All right. You're sitting here. You've got the cool jam. Going, yeah, you do. All right. You're rocking and rolling. You're telling me Sucker's drinking a cup of tea while he's doing this? Tea? Hey, man. Unless it's a Long Island iced tea, I'm not buying it. It's a different world over That tea better be Irished up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to get funky with the beats. I'm going to have me some tea, too. That's the There's the culture gap right that is, there. That is. That is. All right, Aaron. That's going to do it for this week's roundup of Amiga News brought to you by the one and only Gamble Train 3000. It's rolling away from the station, getting ready to pick up a new group of Amiga News to seep through its undercarriage next week. My God, how long did it take you to sit down? Support the Amigos. <laughs> what no. a freak. What's wrong with you? You've got mental problems. I don't know what you're talking about. Aaron, are you ready to talk about this week's game, Apocalypse? It seems more appropriate now than it did before that. <laughs> now than ever before. Oh my God. Now more than ever. Now never played this one before, had you both? Never. Of course not. Me either, by the way. And then once again, I never heard of this one. And this is a game I'm surprised I hadn't heard about. So, Apocalypse. Mm. What a name, right? I think this name doesn't fit the game. I'll tell you that right now. I guess they're going for an Apocalypse Now Yeah, thing. yeah it's a total ripoff. So, this came out in the glorious year of 1994 and was available on three discs, published by Virgin. And uh, developed the funny thing. Now this game has a weird backstory. Boat, have you? Did you read? Get into this at all with the developer on this? Uh, I, I know that it was. It was sort of delivered. Uh, it, it was developed by one team and then sort of dumped on another team at the at the at the final hour. Yeah. So development on this game initially began in around ninety ninety one, and it was uh, uh, by an outfit called Strange Ways. Okay. The coders were Gary Lydon and Jason Perkins, and the graphic artist was Paul uh, uh, Dochery. Uh, Dorchity. Anyway, uh, they are those guys. Basically, they stopped working on the game, and so this game was basically delivered. Uh, that basically Mirrorsoft was who was publishing. They went into liquidation. Okay, so the game was picked up for publication by Virgin. The Strange Ways team decided to split up because they didn't like they had artistic differences. That always stick. Mm-hmm. And so their game was taken over by Miracle Games. And Miracle Games came in and finished the job, basically. It's funny because I was reading, uh, I was watching the uh, playthrough on this on YouTube, and one of the first people that talked was one of the guys that was in the development team that took it over. Oh, okay. And he was saying, like, this was a tough one to develop, and we didn't start it, and we were trying to you know, figure out which way to take it. Mm-hmm. So this actually had sort of two completely separate and unconnected development teams that worked on it. That usually doesn't end well. Well, it, it's odd. And if, and the funny thing is, um, I would wonder where this was going to go before it got taken over. And it's uh, then I would wonder what they did that was different than where sure. it was going. Because yeah. it's hard to... Because this isn't the kind of game where you would expect that would happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems pretty coherent. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, cohesive, I should say. Um, so... Uh, this is a uh, runs on ECS OCS, and um, is a is a helicopter game basically where you think. I guess there are easy connections to draw between this and ch- and Choplift. I believe the word you're looking for is clone. Well, <sighs> clone is an ugly word. I'm gonna <laughs> let's. Go, I'm gonna go with uh, homage. D- uh, uh, upgraded homage. Okay. How about that? Okay. Uh, in this game, this game has a real wacky opening. That now that doesn't fit the game. I will say that. So, um, basically, the story is he- heavily armed rebel forces have invaded an island uh, called Majapur and took a bunch of prisoners. All right, and including your your the player, your best buddy. So it'd be like if they took you hostage, boat, and I had to come rescue. You'd be dead. You'd be a dead man. <laughs> so you, uh, you are, uh, you're, you're supposed to get in your copter, go blow up enemy forces, uh, do all these missions, and then rescue your buddy and all the other prisoners. Okay, that's the game. 
Now, the start of this game has this wacky cutscene where it shows these big arm guys taking away these hostages, and then it shows one of your buddies, uh, your buddy, like tied to a cha- tied to a chair or something. Mm-hmm. And this guy's got him by the hair. He's like, right. and there's a, there's another scene where he sort of gives him the old backhand. Yeah. I read something else I read that was in the original cutscenes for this, and I guess I don't know if it was on the demo or whatever. They said it was much more brutal, like they were torturing this guy, mm. you know. And I guess they that stuff didn't make it into the fight. Probably a good idea. I mean, do we really need that? In the game? No. The scene where that guy's holding you by the back of the head, he's like, Bleh. yeah, that's that enough. Was, that was pretty bad, yeah. you know. Uh, the opening of this game is real. Like I said, it's, it doesn't really fit the game. I guess I don't know if they just thought it looked cool or. I'm hey man, how many of me games have we said the exact same thing about? Well, but I mean, this is really. Well, I mean, last week's I guess yeah. was too, right? <laughs> So uh, it's funny. Two weeks in a row, we've got we were we're flying combat choppers. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I got to thinking about this when I was playing it. Think of all the cool games that you've played that have cop helicopters in. Right? You got you got Super Cobra. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got uh, Silkworm, Jungle Strike, Jungle Strike. You got Choplifter. Mm-hmm. Just to name a few. Swiv. Right. Well, just just saying the word combat chopper, it gets you all fired up. Yeah, and I will say. So basically, you start off in this game. You're in the jungle. You start off on a landing pad at your little base, and the, what you do is get up, go up in the air, fly over, blow up dwellings. Like these are like jungle dwellings. Think of Vietnam, mm-hmm. and you blow them up, and then guys in white coats will run out, and you you land your chopper and pick them up. Now, and you, it's rinse and repeat. Okay, now here there here are some of the uh, variables. Uh, sometimes you'll blow up a house, and guys in green coats will come mm-hmm. out. Let me tell you Those something. are the bad guys. These little suckers are mean. Yeah. And they, it reminds me of the dudes in Walker. Mm. They come up and don't think they can't take down your chopper. They've right. got ground air missiles. They're mm-hmm. they're being jerks, mm-hmm. and they've got guns. And so you've got to blow them to smithereens, mm-hmm. a la Walker. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's also a very unfair artillery battery on the first level that just launches mm-hmm. that lobs From completely incre- off screen. Yeah, and that is irritating. Now you can go over and blow them up eventually, which we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so what? So when you hear that. You land, you pick up hostages, you take them back to your base, you drop them off. What does that sound exactly like? It's Choplifter. Okay, now, what makes this different, Boat, from Choplifter? Um, the fact that it is a multi-tiered layout. Yeah. So some of, the, some of the landing platforms are higher and lower. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, obviously, the graphics in this game are much, much better. I mean, the, the, these, this is a beautiful-looking game. Very lush, the, greener. Yeah, the, yeah. the jungle is detailed, um, and uh, every aspect of this game is animated quite well. These might be the smallest individual sprites. I don't, I don't, I don't know the correct word, but I'm going to call them sprites. The little dudes... Yeah, these guys these make guys, the guys in Sensible Soccer look big. Right, super right. They, these guys make make lemmings look like Sodan. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. So the um, <laughs> the they're even though they're ultra tiny, you can still see their little arms moving around. It's a feat of wonder to me the yeah. way that these guys are animated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your chopper that. is is ultra detailed. You've got yeah. a you've got a tail rotor that you can see spinning. Uh, it's a very, very graphically impressive game. Yeah, it looks good. And, and I was reading the, the same guy that I read in his, in his comments had talked about how they use special uh, tricks to get extra like uh, levels of, of scroll in the game that you normally wouldn't be able to get. They use some sort of hack or whatever. They took advantage of a, of a chip issue mm-hmm. to do it. So these guys knew some tricks when they put down the graphics. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Now, let me tell you about the downfall of this game. Okay. Okay. The downfall of this game is that the scale is not conducive to enjoyable gameplay. Uh, your chopper sprite is quite large. In fact, it's probably as small as it could be to have the amount of detail that it has. Um, but because they've made your chopper so large, the, your surrounding view is quite small. Um, everything is drawn properly to scale, but everything is drawn from the perspective of the helicopter, which makes sense because it has to be, um, because the little dudes have to go into your helicopter. Um, because of that, you are you don't have any radar in this game, which would have been useful, um, and you are basically just stumbling through the dark trying to figure out where, where you're supposed to go. That wouldn't be an issue if you didn't have to contend with stuff firing at you from off screen. 
So, for example, in the first level, you have to know that when you move left, you have to approach it at a certain altitude or else you'll instantly be cut down by the artillery fire from off screen. And if you stay in one place too long, they zero in and get you too. Right. And they're very accurate. Right. Uh, this game is, I believe this game is too difficult right off the bat. They should have given you a couple <laughs> levels where there's limited enemies. You're just picking guys up. You're taking them back so you can get familiar with the controls. The controls. Let's talk about the controls. I actually think this game controls pretty darn well. Uh, I didn't have any issue controlling my my chopper. Control. It's way better than chopper. It's way better than chopper. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's exactly the same movement. Yeah, yeah. They just they yeah. honed that down to a size. I thought the control this. was actually great. Yeah, I yeah. was real impressed. Yeah. Uh, this game has a variety of special weapons that you can use. You trigger these by hitting the space bar, which pauses the action. Then you use the joystick to select your weapon. You hit pause, and then you 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 can use. Well, it. that's one thing you can do. That's not what okay. I did. What did you do? <clears throat> so your your function keys select the weapon. Oh, okay. And then you can and then you can uh, hold the button down and or you you, I you double tap, double it. tap yeah. it to get the weapon. That system is not the best. What what I would love to see is two button support. R really, what this could use would be three button support: one to scroll, one to shoot that weapon, and one to shoot your gun. Yeah, but, but I'm not greedy. It's the nature of the Amiga uh, to have one button. The uh, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, the uh, uh, I thought the uh, it was okay. I didn't like having to control while using the function keys, but again, I understood if you're gonna have multiple weapons. And unlike a lot of games, the actual multiple weapons in this actually help uh, because, uh, like for example, when you, in the first level when you've got that artillery gun, that battery, you got to take, you can go over and missile the crap out of it right away. And once you blow it up, you don't have to worry about this thing lobbing these, these shells at you. It makes the level a lot easier. It's always the first thing I would do. And you don't want, you can't sit there with guns and do it. You have to get you want to get your missiles out or whatever. Now you can also pick up occasionally. You'll see a parachute float down with a with a like a power up. It's funny these things. That was real seemed kind of wonky to me because they always seemed to be falling below where I was at. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was it was real difficult to get to them sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they would have like basically it would give you uh, more armaments, you know, to, to uh, more numbers of armaments or like a, to uh, replenish your supply. Um, did you? Uh, how far did you get level wise? I got to the second level. Okay, that's that's where I got to. Mm -hmm. The uh, second level is actually really beautiful. It's got waterfalls mm -hmm. on it, and the second level was not super. I didn't think it was super hard, but I just it was just uh you, your craft can only hold like they get six guys. And so it was. You have to, there's a lot of going back and forth, and I just I would get attrition. Yeah, I think, that, to get I think me. that that's uh, that's different. I, I'm not a huge choplifter guy, but I think in choplifter your your craft can basically hold unlimited dudes. I can't right? remember. It's been since I played it. It also it probably varies. On there's so many different that's versions true. of it. That's true. Something that this game had that I thought was real different was that occasionally you'll come across people that are injured, or you'll injure them. Mm -hmm. And so what you can do is, instead of just leaving them for dead, you go back to your base. There's two landing ports. There's a landing port just to land, and there's another port where you pick up a medical team. Right. And then you'll drive your, uh, you'll drive your helicopter up to the wherever the, uh, or pilot, I guess drive it doesn't sound right, pilot it to wherever you need to, to, where someone's injured, and you let your medical team off. You drop them off, and they go and pick the guy up on a gurney and bring them back to your to your helicopter, and you pilot it back to the to lot, drop them off. I thought that was neat. Yeah, that's a, that's probably the most unique element to the game. I mean, I went. I had a thing to let me skip the levels, and so I I tried all the different levels, and they're all pretty much. I mean, it's the same gameplay pretty much. I will say the last level has you. Uh, the 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 second to last level has you blowing up. You have to get to the jungle and blow up these huge doors to this temple. Uh -huh. And then in the last level, you actually pilot your your uh, helicopter into the temple. So you're actually underground in, really? in the chopper. And that was that was kind of neat. Uh, you know, it's claustrophobic down mm -hmm. there. Um, then it turns <clears throat> into a blood money sort of thing. Well, no, it's not like that. The uh, the uh, um, one of the problems I had with the game is. Where Boat said there's, it's sort of multi, it's like multi-leveled uh, platforms that you were operating on, or like pieces of land, and sometimes you can just sort of fly. It, it's sometimes difficult to see where you can and can't fly mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. The perspective is sort of odd. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part, you can fly through most stuff, but it's sometimes like it's, it's funny on the first level if you're sticking real low to the ground because you have to because the artillery shells. Uh, you can come up onto where your landing area is, and it's elevated above where the lower levels of the jungle are. And you can come up, and you'll hit you'll the, smash the right rock. Into it. Yeah. And so you, that's that's sort of a weird thing mm -hmm. that I probably would have done that a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, this game suffers really. To me, its its biggest crime is uh, lack of variety. 
to be honest with you. I think there was, you can take this, they've got the engine here to make a good game, a really good game, with more variety mm -hmm. than they had. Mm -hmm. The whole rescue, the the people, uh, drop them off gimmick, uh, now aside from the fact it's been done, uh, is there's not a lot there. There's only like five levels, I think, there, to this, and, and most of them are the rescue level. I think the la the second to last level with the temple, all you do that is just destroy everything you see. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of different combat, um, you know, enemies. You've got tanks. You've got enemy aircraft. Uh, you know, enemy helicopters. You got artillery, uh, stuff like that. But I mean, it's n it's not like they reinvented the wheel in this, right. is it? Right. I mean, um, did what did you think of the act? Any, any music or anything turn you this on? This game, I mean, it's it's got a, it's got a, a nice theme tune when you first load it up. Yeah. But we've got no in-game music, and I really it really would have made me play it more. I think. If there would have been some sort of a driving That's, soundtrack. That surprised me, too. Um, I thought you would have something. That's and, you know, I went and I compared this with Choplifter 3 on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And I, I just just to get a different perspective. I've never played that. And, um, and the games themselves look pretty similar. Pretty yeah. graphically similar, and also with Choplifter 3, it had no in-game music either. It was just the sound of the sound of the rotors. Yeah. So, I mean, remember that game we put on the 3DO that had the awesome? You put you could pick different vehicles. That had oh the, yeah, all, that was the that awesome top down. Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, I want that. Yeah, yeah. I want some ride of the Valkyries. I or want something some like kind that. of, uh, and it's you can get it for nothing. Right. Get it in there. Yeah. You know, now of course, getting it in there on a disc game is different than getting it in there on well, a CD. Yeah, this thing is three discs. You tell me they couldn't fit some uh, mod files probably. on this thing? They I'm not buying it. it on there, yeah. You know, so that's a shortcoming. The in between parts are there. Uh, they're for the most part pointless. Yeah. I mean really there's nothing to, nothing to write home about. Uh so you know, eh, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I thought it's an okay I thought game. it could have been great mm -hmm. as opposed to like pretty good. Um we weren't alone. Uh, I looked up some reviews on this boat and uh the folks over at Lemon gave it a seven point one. Okay. And for Lemon, that's you're in the mediocre zone right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh Amiga Computing gave it a sixty six percent. Amiga Format gave it an eighty six. Uh Amiga Power gave it an eighty. CU Amiga dropped the hammer, forty nine percent. Wow! And the one gave it an eighty one. I so wonder if they if it was a misstep releasing the first level on a cover disc, because when you do that, you set an expectation that this game is going to be like much bigger and badder and better when it comes out in its full version. And really, from what you're saying, it really wasn't. I was also surprised that this was so many discs for what you got. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's it's. it's not I was a surprised huge to hear game. this was three discs. Yeah, you know, it's not a it's not a huge game, and so that surprised me. Uh, and uh, the fact that there was just not uh, there just wasn't a uh, an overall interesting. Um, element to it that would, I mean, the, aside from the medics, which was cool, the rest of it, it just it didn't grab you mm -hmm. as a, as something really different or original. Still, the, the 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 bones were strong on that one. Did you get the user stuff? We did. Uh, Graham Vebke over on Discord says, as someone who loves Choplifter, this seems to be a jungle-based apocalypse now take on the game, and at its core, it is. But boy, is this unforgiving. Visually very nice. It controls well and the sounds are good too, but the difficulty factor makes you want to give up. It also relies on you knowing where everything is, especially the cannons. And if there was a radar like Pixels that already mentioned, it would have made this better, but still tough as nails. Five out of ten. Speaking of Pixels, he says a nice drawn and animated game which is fun to pass some time on the surface. Unfortunately, deaths can be super cheap with anti-air shells falling out of the sky without warning unexpected strafing runs and tanks shooting you in the face. Needs a radar desperately, but can't hold a candle to the Desert Strike, which came out the year before. Ooh. I put it down partway through level two. Four out of ten. And finally, Chris Fool says, I wanted to love this game. I love Choplifter. I love Jungle Strike. And I wanted some side-on action hybrid of the two. This game may be great, but you just get pummeled into the dirt repeatedly until you throw the joystick at the wall. In the days before external playtesting, they sure knew how to release a great game and then make it inaccessible to everyone. Three out of ten. You know, I'm I'm surprised that the, the guys are so down on it. You know, and I will say, like I said, on the first level and that artillery shell, if you don't, if when you first have the game, you can just get nailed right on the pad because it hones it on you, which artillery does. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you know to instantly get up, get up high, real high, drive all the way across the board and blow it up. That takes that out of play, but I mean, again, why have it there? As, I guess, like I said, on the first level, again, the, the learning curve of some stuff is baffling, you know. And, and in terms of the rest of that, um, and those are all valid criticisms. 
Uh, I think if this game started production in 90, 91, if they'd release this and say 92, or you know what I'm saying, then you got something. But mm-hmm. you're, you're right, coming out after Desert Strike, it's a tough sell. Yeah. It's a tough, especially being effectively being a choplifter clone. It's right. a tough sell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Aaron, as we uh, move towards the end of the show, uh, the Patreon song is back. Oh, no. We took a couple weeks off. Give Apocalypse everybody, now. Everybody a, br- a little bit of breathing space. But uh, we're back with a vengeance. So if you know this week's Patreon song, uh, please... Uh, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and uh, I will announce you as a winner. And we do want to thank all of our supporters. Uh, you can actually support the show through Patreon or PayPal. All the details at everythingamiga.com slash support. So here we go. <coughs> what is that? Horrible. That's how I warm up. Bjorn Van Goodenson, Terry Howard Reflection, Simon Letch, Cap and Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Mike W. Decker, Threepwood, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones. Lobsterminator Craig McClellan, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast. Counting Virtual Sheep Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave. Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison. Kyle Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibbs. Matthew Lara Moore, Andy Craig, Sean Zodarin, Lomax. Calling 419, Mark Bitt, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Leif Kellan, Leif, Alan Kebab, Check, Cote, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocher, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, the slow Norris, Stefan Sorgard Mortensen, Edvin Helland, Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham W. Vebke Lane Denson, Adam Batters, Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. Time to take it home. Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones. Paul Bossman, Harrington. Duncan Styles tapes from the crypt. Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo. THT, Eric Nelson. Kim, Tommy, Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal, Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. I got no idea what that was. Well, can you sing a funeral dirge? <laughs> I think you can now. I believe you can. I want that performed at my service boat. All right, Aaron. Next week, it's our even more popular and famous than our PD episodes. It is Halloween episode number five. These are always a real crowd pleaser and fun to talk about. Won't this take place the day after Halloween? It will. It will. We're on what's called a flexible timetable. I see. Okay. We're going to be playing Nightbreed. Cool. Hey, I can tell my story again. Yeah. For the eighth time. And we're going to be playing Severed Heads. We're doing Double Trouble? It's Double Trouble. Severed Heads is a game? That sounds like right up your alley, Boaster. What? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. 
Thanks as always for watching. Uh, if you did not, if you're just an audio listener and you want to tune in for uh, the next 90 days, we're going to be broadcasting live on twitch.tv slash amigos retro gaming. So feel free to uh, join us live or catch the recaps over there. And of course, we'll upload the full show to YouTube and your favorite audio podcatcher. Um, let's talk a little bit. Thank you. Pixels just reminded us that we did not give a little channel update. So, Aaron, why don't you give us a rundown on what's been going on on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel? It's been an interesting week on the YouTube uh, boat. Uh, we haven't done a ton, but we have a couple things. Just in time, just in time for Halloween, folks mm -hmm. here. Uh, myself, uh, Amigo Aaron, had a look at the horrifying, spine-tingling poltergeist... If that image doesn't strike terror into your heart. The Coco. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, uh, so it's me giving this a whirl, uh, horribly, horribly, uh, failing. You know, I told you on the second stage how I nailed it the first time. Not so easy when you're doing it live, is it? No, it's not. In fact, I failed and failed. This was a, this was a precursor for my week. Perpetual failing nonstop. <laughs> Uh, but it was uh, fun. I had a good time playing it. And so if you're interested, if, if you caught our Coco show from a couple weeks ago where we covered Poltergeist, and you're like, what the heck does this look like? Go have, go have a go at it and have a look. I had a good time uh, playing it. Um, what else we got on here, Boat? Um, well, my <laughs> escape key stopped working, <laughs> so boat I Boat struggles know. mightily to try to get out of this thing. I should mention that, uh, you know, uh, we sort of touched on it, but we had a... Uh, uh, we had a challenging issue with YouTube that has prevented us from streaming live anymore. And it all stems from uh, ARG Presents last week where we covered movie games. And uh, I'm not going to go into it, but I'll touch on that in a minute. But uh, that is a... I thought we, me and Brent actually had a real good time doing that episode. And it is up in a uh, sort of censored format. Mm. I wanted to make sure we didn't get in trouble again. And then along those lines, uh, uh, we I did a video to sort of explain why we were going to be on Twitch for the next 90 days because we are in YouTube Live Jail, which if you are interested and you care enough to go see that, it's just me talking about it in a calm, considerate manner where I didn't blow my top. So it took me, it literally, I couldn't record that for like five days. <laughs> I had to wait until I was much calmer. And then this morning, just hot off the presses, boat, uh, just published as I was walking through the door here, uh, this week's ARG Presents, uh, which we tackle, violently tackle, the Jupiter Ace. It's a pain in the ace to load games on this thing, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, but uh, we, we managed to give it a shot. Once again, Brent comes through with the wackiest computer you've ever heard of mm -hmm. or never heard of in this case. And, uh, uh, and poor Brent was uh, uh, sick as a dog this morning. So he, you'll have to deal with that. But we had a good time, and we picked a couple interesting games for the Ace. And so uh, it's, it's good for a LARP. Cool. I think, cool. That, I think that's about all we put together this week. I've got a couple more things in the kitty, so I should have... In fact, they're already recorded. I'll be putting them up this week to uh, coincide with some other releases. So. All right. Well, sounds good. Guys, thanks as always for listening and or watching. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.